Hi, welcome to the first episode of HRD Connect's examination of people practices in HR today. I'm Finn Murphy, Content Manager for HRD Connect and Moderator. Joining me today are HR leaders Chuck Heaton, Chuck Kemper and Jason Anderson, who will be referred to as The Breakfast Club due to their early morning recording time and love of 1980s cinema. In this talk, we delve into the importance of people practices today, recent developments in the market and actual steps for businesses to devise the best strategies possible. Please note, as this is a fully remote recording, the audio quality fluctuates from time to time. Enjoy the podcast. Today, I'm fortunate enough to be joined by a group of bona fide HR legends. Gentlemen, please introduce yourselves. Hello, everyone. My name is Chuck Heaton. I'm an HR executive uh, with over 25 years of experience in multinational companies leading HR teams. Hi, I'm Chuck Kemper. Thank you. And I think for convenience sake, we'll probably refer to each other as Chuck H and Chuck K during this call. How often do you have a three-way, com- four-way conversation where half of the members are named Chuck? But anyway, I also am an HR executive with over 20 years in large multinational engineering and construction, engineering consulting, and, and operations and maintenance companies. And uh, delighted to be here to have some conversations about uh, some hot topics. Hi, I'm Jason Anderson. Uh, let's see, from an HR perspective, I've been in this business for about 20 years now. Uh, early days, more in the comp, in the comp arena. Uh, then got into some compliance and global compliance before moving over into HR leadership. Uh, you know, I've, I've spent my time primarily in the oil and gas industry here of recent. You know, I've moved into healthcare, so this would be an interesting journey, and I hope to bring a different spin on, on things from, you know, now being exposed in this area, you know, and just generally happy to be with these guys. Uh, we've spent a lot of time together over the last handful of months and it's such interesting times these days. So looking forward to the conversation and, uh, you know, where we go from here. Fantastic. No, I think that makes sense. That makes complete sense. And I think that in this podcast, I think we can both draw upon a lot of in most of the important industry developments that are going on and also sort of touching on, you know, sort of our interests, our hobbies and sort of offer people something that is both enjoyable and um, actionable. So I suppose for some context, the, the piece that you've been working on relates to um, people practices, which is, is quite a, it's an important, I suppose, quite a broad, broad array of um, different undertakings to sort of benefit both the business and employees. I suppose um, if, if you want to take the lead here, uh, what, what has made you think people practices would be an important topic to cover at this point in time? Well, I, I think the pandemic has, has shown that, I mean, the last six months have been extremely unique in everybody's experience and career uh, and nothing we've ever truly experienced before. And, and the greatest impact that it's had, not only from an economic and health standpoint, has been on the people aspect of the business because the dynamics of this pandemic and the, the particular COVID-19, uh, you know, creates an atmosphere where it's not necessarily safe for people to be close to each other. So for businesses that have thrived on collaboration, engagement, communication, uh, especially if you think about a manufacturing environment where people have to work fairly close together to build a product, um, the pandemic has created all these unique challenges to be successful in business and then has really accelerated the whole aspect of remote work. So 
which creates all kinds of even new dynamics, you know, which a lot of people have been, you know, creating theories about over the last several years about remote work and the advantages. And we've had a living experiment uh, accelerated beyond our, our belief, uh, you know, of, of, you know, how that impacts the organization, culture, uh, engagement. So I think it's this, this last six months has been ripe you know, for people issues and topics and, and we're, and we're all, it's, it's a green field, right? It's a brand new uh, experiment in, uh, in HR. You know, I think to get specific about that though, you, you know, what we, there are so many different discussions these days and articles being written about impact of COVID on a variety of things on, on culture, on how you get work done on employee well-being and everything. And, uh, you know, Chuck H came to us one day and said, hey, uh, he didn't say it exactly like this, but he said, you know, do you guys ever get annoyed by what boards ask for? And that's, that spurred a conversation about what should boards be looking at as far as the people practice the organization in this new world. And there's some things that we think should have always been there that weren't necessarily there and other things we think that are new that they may not be thinking about. And, uh, and it was it was pretty easy for us to sit there and do a bit of a whinge about all the stuff that have bugged us about uh, boards and the questions that they've asked of us and the data we've provided. And we started talking, isn't there a much more longer term prosperity looking set of information that a board should be looking at from a people perspective than the kinds of things we typically get hit with the ad hoc requests that come in in the last week, et cetera. I think that makes, um, that makes complete sense. I suppose so much of what, you've discussed in the sort of finding success in the industry is to uh, have a more systemic approach and objective approach and sort of try and remove the, uh, as you said, the sort of the ad hoc nature of so many of these undertakings. The balancing act we have with the boards is, you know, boards tend to try and be traditional. And, and I get that. So there's traditional things that they like to see. And particularly when you think about individual companies, you know, they're all slightly different, but for the most part, they're not, you know, particularly at the board level, those things. So now as we have these hot topics and these, these cultural issues and these bigger, broader challenges, you know, I think boards struggle to, uh, to adapt to what is the new norm? What should they be looking at? So I, th I think HR is in the driver's seat here. You know, if we want it or not, I think we are and trying to influence the boards going forward and, you know, sharing that data, that information that, uh, you know, they should, you have to, you're going to, we're going to have to introduce it to them. And then over time, see if it absorbs. And if it's something that they uh, start to show more and more interest in and start to ask for more than in an ad hoc basis. If you look at the, the uh, sexual harassment scandal at McDonald's, the, Compliance issues at Boeing, uh, you know the 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 Me Too movement. Uh, boards have been forced, in a lot of ways, to take action around people issues, which they are normally reluctant to do. And I think the premise that the three of us are advocating is that if if boards had a more regular rhythm that looked at all the various people aspects of a business and really understood how important they are to success you know, to enterprise success, then you could potentially avoid a lot of these pitfalls that happen and boards are then forced to 
to get engaged and be involved. So we're, we're advocating a proactive approach, you know, for boards of directors to, to engage with people issues and really see the true nature of what drives enterprise success. A very interesting topic you touched in uh, for a recent article for HRD Connect is um, on the nature of leadership development. I think this is an immensely, uh, immensely interesting topic. I suppose from your, from your perspective, what are the hallmarks of, a, uh, of an organization which gets learned at leadership development um, right? One of the points that, that really drove that article uh, was, look, we, <clears throat> we know that uh, there is a line that boards need to draw and how deep they get into the internal workings of the business. At the same time, on behalf of the shareholders, uh, or if it's a nonprofit, on behalf of the, the other, whatever the stakeholders are, they, they need to be looking at things that are, that are focused on long-term, I, I call it the long-term prosperity of that organization. And so while we're not suggesting that they need to dive in and look at every little detail of how you know, talent management or leadership development may work, we are suggesting there's some things that they could look at that would make sense. Now, we know that boards absolutely are looking at C-suite succession. And they, they want to know who the leaders are. They're going to be moving into the positions, obviously, the CEO being the most important of those. And they do want to know what things are being done to grow the pool for that. An argument that we put forward in this latest article was that uh, the, the leading indicators are much deeper in the organization. You know, the lagging indicators are looking at the succession for, for CEO because that's after they've already gone through all their phases of their career to get to that level. But what about the broader pool that you're creating, particularly at the frontline level where you're actually selecting from those individual contributors to move into their first level of leadership? And that's creating your pool for the long term of the organization. I think that's a fantastic summary and a great point at which to pause our conversation. Thanks so much for your insights, Chuck Heaton, Chuck Kemper, and Jason Anderson. To discover more from this podcast, please subscribe to access the full version. Thank you.